Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Uh, Today we're doing a special um, Valentine's episode, and we're going to talk a little bit about why we love our spouses and why we've stayed through all these years. Yeah. I think a question that we get most often is, why did you stay through all this? Or are you still staying? Yes. (laughs) Which is a fair question, because sometimes... Not even sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mean, I don't know. I guess I can kind of start off. So I, I guess the first piece of thing, and I know we've said it before, is when they first start getting into recovery, people say don't make any big life decisions in the first year. And so for me, I think that kind of played into why I stayed because mm-hmm. they're just, I just didn't, I wanted to follow what the counselors were saying. So staying made sense i think though i guess i always thought that meant more for the addict like they shouldn't make a big life decision but i feel like you would be allowed to make whatever (laughs) decision you wanted yeah oh i guess i took it as me too (laughs) (laughs) and so i decided to stay i guess you can't i guess that wouldn't in my opinion wouldn't be fair because if because they're not who they are Like, how could I, if he's trying to get sober, how could I leave not knowing who he could be coming out on the other side? I mean, you could just leave. Like, people can, you know? Like, they could just say, this is, I'm not, like, I'm glad you're getting treatment, but I don't want to do this. Yeah, like, I can't go down that road. So, yeah. You could. I mean, I I I understand why you did it, but I'm just saying that you could. You don't have to stay and try and see what they're what they're able to do or whatever. I think you made a good point though. It's, you know, when you see them doing, when they're trying and they're doing the right thing, then at least for me, that was what made me more inclined to be like, all right, well, let's see where this goes. Like, I wouldn't say that when Jake first went into treatment, I didn't necessarily consciously make a decision of like, I'm, I'm for sure staying or I'm for Mm -hmm. sure breaking up. I was very much like, I don't know what's happening. This is all yeah. new. It's overwhelming. Like, I can't even really think about what I want to do. I'm just going to, I guess, take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. And then it was like each day he was doing the things he was supposed to be doing. Like, all of those days started adding up. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, like, we're still together and things are going well. Yeah, that's similar for me. It was when we, when Charlie first got into treatment, it was more like, it was just kind of the settling of the chaos. So it felt better. And it was just kind of like, I was learning about addiction and he was like working on himself. And so it was the best it had been in all that time. So it was like the, the comparison of it was, okay, well, this is better. So things are getting better. It made it easier to stay because things weren't. they weren't terrible you know he wasn't you know harming himself and he wasn't participating in these risky behaviors and you know the lying and those kinds of things stopped 
stop during that time and it just made it like well this is a better relationship so i'm just gonna see what happens yeah 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 that's if you hadn't you hadn't left when things were like really terrible yeah so then when things start getting better it would feel kind of weird to be like oh well now things are getting better and there's hope and Mm -hmm. i'm out i could see why people would do that depending on how long it's been bad and maybe Mm -hmm. you're just exhausted but I guess I I think there's also the thing though like when you like if you don't truly understand the situation so like if you don't really understand the disease or you don't understand like the the possibility of this happening again and this like being your life right like it is part of your life too like the fact that you know to take care of themselves they'll need to go to meetings and they'll need to hang out with friends and you know there's a certain part of their life that changes like and it changes your life as a consequence or as a result that you know if you enjoy going to a bar on on a Friday night and that's something that you really want to do you can no longer do it with this person like you can kind of grow apart in that and that like yeah. this isn't the person you thought it was going they're not who you thought they were yes and so <laughs> if it doesn't align with what you want then I think it's fair and fine to be like you know I wish you the best and but this is just not who what I thought was happening or these other things are important to me and you know, or the kid thing too, you know, like even I don't, if you don't want to have that worry of like, when, you know, could the stress of life like cause a relapse or cause, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I mean, those are real, those are things that are going to be with you your whole life. And I think those are real considerations that, you know, I always weigh when things go when there's been like a setback or something, I'm always like, is this still the path I want? Like, can I tolerate this? Is this, am I happy? Can I still have a happy life and be a part of this? And I think that, I think that's kind of fair to do. And if you, and if it's for, if it's the best for you to check out, then I think it's the best for you. And ultimately it would be the best for them because if you're not, you know, it takes, you have to both be in a good place for things to work. So. Yeah. I think those are all things that I weighed more maybe during like relapse times, like after I had some of my own recovery time, like under mm-hmm. my belt and understood like initially I'm, I'm trying to think back of like when he first went into treatment, like I, I wasn't in a place to understand like by staying, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know I wasn't thinking about like, Oh, he's, He's an addict, so what if it happens when we have kids? Like, kids weren't really on my radar at that point. Um, But then, yeah, so it was just all of... It was very overwhelming and big and chaotic, and it was just like, okay, I'm going to do this today. But then throughout the years when there have been relapses, I feel like those are the times where I really, like, have started thinking, okay, is this what I still want to be doing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, and you, uh, um, you both have decided yes, mostly. So far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. Well, not except for not, uh, that period time. of time. Yeah, not every time. I guess time. overarching have stayed, but you know there have been that has looked different mm-hmm. <laughs> at times. I mean, we've separated at least twice, maybe three times when I stayed at your house. One week I thought when I say Elise's house that one week 
I thought for sure we were getting divorced at that point. Oh, did you? And that wasn't oh. like a. He he wasn't even realize he didn't even realize at that point. That was like he was getting into recovery and was just like, I don't know if I like my life anymore. Oh, yeah. I remember that? Yeah. And <clears throat> so we were separated for a while then. And then there was one time when we had like a contract and I basically said, you, you can't use like, that's like the number. That's just the rule. And he was using. And so I was like, you have to pick. Do you want to be sober and live our life together? Or do you want to use drugs? And he was like, I think I just want to be a drug addict. And I was like, okay. So he left. And that was, that lasted like three days, obviously. Right. But So how do you, I feel like people like could ask like, you know, knowing that at some point they've chosen that over us, like, how do you move past that and, you know, put that out of your mind? Or, like, don't you worry that they're going to choose that again? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, sure. How do you deal with that then? I think you had said something um, earlier when we were talking about how you've had you've done a good job of separating who Jake is and who Jake the addict is mm-hmm. and separating those two. So I think that is something. Um... Yeah, I would I would agree. I think that I have. Um, how do I say this? But it's like I have seen Jake in recovery and doing well, and I know who he is in that time and so there's hope that that person is always there or will come back or like that that person will win out Mm -hmm. over the addicted person yeah the addicted version of jake um and it'd be different if when jake was in recovery and doing well if he was being an asshole or lying to me about anything and everything um that would probably affect my opinion but usually all of the bad behaviors are specific to the addict version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, initially another reason why I stayed is because I was afraid to leave. Yeah, that was me too at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I'm 28 years old. How do I get divorced? Mm-hmm. I don't even know a lawyer. I don't have money for a lawyer because he took it all. Yeah, and I think I was already so far down a path, you know, like we were married, we'd, you know, we had all, we built these things, it's hard to backtrack from, it's like in the moment, it's like, well, what would I do, I'd start over, you know, yeah. in yeah. that, like that's the how you think. The idea of starting over yeah. is so scary. Even though that was, you know, we'd only been, that was like, now in hindsight, with like, you know, when we've been together almost nine years, and at the time it was like only four, it was like, oh, well, that wasn't that long. <laughs> You could have started over, you know, but in the moment, it's just like, I don't know. I've I've already committed to this. I mean, I got married knowing that this was a possibility. How do I go back on that? Well, and I think the whole, uh, at least marriage part, like till death do you part and stick or, you know, I won't say that I take my vows so seriously that that held me in, but I think all the fairy tales and all the, like, you stay with your partner, like. I feel like I, I did. I thought about that a lot. Like. I knew that because I do believe it's a disease and I knew that he had this and I knew when we got married that this was a possibility. Now I didn't know, like I knew in a very like broad and general sense that his addiction could come up in our relationship, but I had no idea the severity or how long, like the the work it would take. I didn't understand any of that, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
But when I had, so when it presented itself, it was like, well, I said that I was okay with this, so um, I got to work through this, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I didn't have the marriage card or like, oh, you're married, so you have to, but mm-hmm. um, being together for so long, it's still like all the time that is invested and in the history that you have with that person mm-hmm. and like the effort and um, I felt like. I mean, there are plenty of people I know who got married, divorced, married again in the amount of time that Jake and I were together. So that was something that always would bother me the most when, you know, if we were at a family support group or something, if somebody gave off the idea of like, well, he's just your boyfriend, so it should be easier. Mm -hmm. Like, well, yes, we have not been married Mm -hmm. and we don't have like a certificate and there's no ring, but that doesn't discount the amount of time that we've been together and the love that's in there and mm-hmm. doesn't make it easier in that way. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I always felt a little bit bad for you in the meetings that you were, like, just the girlfriend. Yeah. Because it's, like, from an outsider, it's like, well, just leave. Like, you don't have to get a lawyer. You can just say, get your shit and go. Right. So. Right. Which, so, it, yeah, it's would be easier like legally, legally but in not, that way. In no other way is it easier yeah. yeah but even you know this past um year when jake and i were separated and it was trying to figure out like okay i'm trying to pack up his things it's like our life is so intertwined i'm like well i guess this was technically he bought this mm-hmm. when we first moved in but it's now been part of my house for seven plus years and mm-hmm. it's like mine I don't know so it wasn't easier to divide up our mm-hmm. assets or right. anything yeah right yeah that's that's interesting mm-hmm. uh like another reason I stayed was I remembered who he was when we first started dating but, but was he sober then well, no, no, no. <laughs> now, now I know he wasn't. Like, he, apparently, he was only taking pills for fun. <laughs> Still drinking and smoking weed, but only doing pills for fun every weekend. Um, Wait, so is he more like he was when you first met him now that he's sober? Okay, so no, I don't think so because he was still using like the pills and the drugs and the alcohol to, um, I don't know, changes. So we have a total, yes, we have a total different yeah. relationship, but it was fun in the beginning. So maybe I just remember it was fun. Yeah, so you like exciting, yeah. feelings of yeah happiness and good times. Right. And I think... It's in your, you and your husband are interesting because I think he's changed the most out of, like, like Charlie, for example. He hasn't changed a ton. Like, I kind of, because he wasn't constantly using, I mean, I kind of knew oh. who he was a little bit. I mean, he's changed a lot, but, like, who he is is, like, basically the same. But for you, it's like, you guys have, he changed a lot. Yes. And, like, the things that you had in common, you don't really have in common anymore. Like, no. More. Right. So no. how is that? <laughs> How do you? Yeah, it's like you have to. You're like starting a new relationship yeah. in a way, or How like relearning this person. But you also had to do that, like when you had a kid on the way, because he got sober and then you got pregnant. Correct. So yeah. How has this been going? <laughs> yeah, you? it's been. It was. It I mean, in the beginning, it was really weird. Yeah. Um, I think we are gonna have a topic about this, maybe. But like, I didn't even want to have sex with him because I didn't even know who he was. It was very 
uncomfortable. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know who he was. Like, how can I have sex with this person? I don't even know. Like, right. you know, we hadn't had sex for a couple of years. So, it was like, you know, it was just like this whole thing. That's another story another day. But, yeah. like, I didn't know. I didn't know who he was. I'm like. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just been getting to know him in a different way. Getting to know sober um, Steve. I I didn't know who he was. He's a totally different person. Right. It's been, it was difficult because and, I thought he was going to be that social butterfly and what and he's just not because I'm very social. I like to go out, you know, I'm in hospitality, so hosting parties, things like that. But our life has dramatically changed. Well, and I'm guessing he was probably much more social because of the right. drugs and right. that helped him to be yes social and outgoing and life of a party. And then yeah. you take that away and he's, you know, figuring out how to. Right. So at the socialize. core, he just has a really good heart. And so I think I just kind of gradually fell in love with who the new person was. Yeah, that's interesting. But I also had a kid, so it's like at this point, it's like, I just have to, we just have to forge through. Yeah. Like, I have to find a new way of how to love you. It's so interesting. Yeah, it was really weird. Which I do think it's common, though, in most relationships, maybe not for not to the same extent, but to evolve. Like, the longer you're with somebody, yeah. you know, people are changing and it's like, you have to always be doing the work to be like, okay, who, who are we now? And what does yeah. that look like at this time in our right. life? Um, and just sometimes the addiction it's just a di- accelerates a totally, that. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. And I can't, like, so with Charlie and I, we have been, it's just been the two of us for eight and a half years or so. But so as we get closer to, like, like within a few weeks, months of having a baby. It's like, we've been like talking about how our relationship will change with that. So I can't like, we've had all of this time to work on ourselves. Like while he's been in recovery. Yeah. And then, so with your situation of like, he's sober and then, you know, eight months later you have a baby. It's just like a lot of change and transition in a short time. So, I mean, that's something that I think like anyone, any married couple expecting a kid has to, think through like how does your dynamic change but then you put the addiction on top of it and it's just a whole other component yeah I think I realized just my own resilience Mm -hmm. and that I was just like a strong ass woman and I can do anything Mm -hmm. and so I think that's kind of like my mindset Mm -hmm. and I I don't know if I've shared before but our daughter had um colic and she was just awful in the beginning and I just remember like looking at the screaming baby and saying if I could get through a husband who had a secret heroin addiction <laughs> I can deal with this colicky baby like yeah. I've, I've shared that before yeah and so uh yeah that yeah. was my mantra for the first year of her life yeah I didn't I need to adopt that yeah it was a game changer honestly like if I could deal with a heroin addiction yeah so that resilience. Mm-hmm. I think that's within all of us, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you guys feel like I'm a strong bitch and I can do this? I have my moments. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I have just always considered myself to be like a strong person or resilient. Yeah. If anything, I feel like that it could almost be to my own detriment. Yeah. And oh, so, like, totally. Have to be you. You take careful of that. Yeah. Where it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was way more like that. So at the beginning where when we met, I was just had this like, I mean, I was on my own. I've been on my own since I was 18. 
that have been in a professional job for a long time. Like I was really young and like had like high level professional positions at a young age. And so I just kind of had that mentality of like, I can do any, I'm, su- I'm successful and I can do anything and this is going to work. And I, and like I applied, I like tried to manage him, yeah. you know, yeah. in a way that I would. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think to go to piggyback on your point of like, you can, it, it worked to my detriment at the beginning. And then I had to separate myself from him. Like I couldn't give him my strength, right? Like it wasn't something that I could just say, like, I'm going to love you enough that you're just going to see your self-worth and like, like if someone like me loves you, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's interesting. yeah. And it's, and it, that didn't obviously <laughs> didn't work. And so then I had to separate myself and it's like, well, how do I use my strength on something that's not my job and not my spouse, but me? And because it was always something that I just applied. It wasn't something that I like did for myself. And that's been a struggle. I think that's where all my anxiety came from. Like my, my exposure to my anxiety came out in that moment when I was like, I have to like disconnect this. <laughs> I can't fix everything. I can't go to a, in a, to a job position and fix all the problems. And that's, that's who I am. I can't go into a relationship and fix all the problems. Like I have to like do something for myself. And that's when I was like, Oh, well, this, <laughs> this is scarier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't as easy as, you know, applying it externally. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now I feel like I, I feel like I'm strong, but it it comes and it goes, <laughs> you know, it's not like a, a constant feeling. Well, I think a conversation that you and I just had, uh, Liz, is with your current relationship status with Jake is you just straight up said it was easier to stay or it's easier to stay or you it's easier for him to move home or something like that. Oh, that was so the background trying to figure out what he was going to do, like coming out of treatment, I think you know, I've, I've done a lot of work in therapy, but you still have your ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And there was just this moment of anxiety and where it kind of felt a little bit weak where I was like, I just really want him to come home. Like it's been six months of Mm -hmm. not living together. Like I'm lonely. I miss him. And it would just be so much easier to just like have him come back. But Mm -hmm. then it was like, I, I know from being in this long enough, like I'm getting into, was getting into that mindset. So I'm like, I need to call somebody. Like, I know these are not, mm-hmm. these are not the right thing. Like, just, if I want, if I want this to work long term, just having him come back home is not the answer, even though it's really hard. Um, so, yes, that's where that came from. Yeah. I don't think I've, I don't know if I would say that I've just stayed with him in general because it's easier though. Um, I think the reason I've stayed with him is because of my feelings towards him and who he is and like mm-hmm. loving him. Um, Cause I would argue that some people would say the easier thing would to just be to like break up and leave and oh, not yeah. deal with it. Like, it's almost like, why are you putting yourself through this over and over again? But in that particular case, it would have just <laughs> been easy to be like, let's not think about it. Just come home I can watch you, which are all the signs where I'm like, those are all the things you've been working on breaking. Exactly. And I'm glad to say that I stuck it out. He did not come home. I'll also give him credit where he was like, 
as much he was like as much as I wish that you would just say come home I know that if you said that I can't do that right mm-hmm. now like it is not what we need. And I was like, oh, damn it. How is he being healthier than me <laughs> at the moment? We had a moment like that, too, when Charlie went to a halfway house, like, uh, last year. Last year? Yeah. Um, where I, it was the same. It was, like, obviously, but he he kind of knew more than I did about, like, apparently had been, like, struggling like with cravings and things. Like, in his mind, he'd been dealing with this problem for, like, a month. And in my mind, it had was just this one time. Like, I didn't realize that he had been, like, how much he had actually been struggling. And when his solution was, I have to go to a halfway house. Like, and that had never really, like, it, he didn't, like, he'd never been a proponent of that for himself to that point. And I was like, oh, are things, like, what, like, in, in my mind, it was like, what's so bad this time that, like, seemed like things were going well, like, most of the year, you were doing really good, you've mm-hmm. been working with the sponsor, like, why all of a sudden, he's like, it's just, I know the path I'm on, like, he, he knew it, and then it was like, oh, but it was a good sign that he was able to kind of pick that out for himself, and um, when I didn't really necessarily want him to leave, but when it was like, oh, that's the best thing for us, it was easier to do. But even still, it was, like, hard because he's at a house surrounded by guys all the time. I'm living alone and yes. maintaining everything. And, like, there's a little bit of resentment there. Like, oh, you get to go off and, like, hang out with yeah. your buds and, like, have your food made for you. And, like, I'm, like, taking care of our life. Right. I think your fence blew down. And you're like, yeah, yeah. like, it blew over and yeah. he's not here. Yeah. And it's just, like. And I opened the pool by myself and, like, all this stuff. And it was, like, I hate. Like, it was it made me really resentful a bit. But I think it was, I mean, it was a good lesson for me in, like, my own independence and, like, that I can take care of these things. Even though I didn't I didn't want to. Like, if I lived by myself, I definitely wouldn't own a house. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but it was just, like, it was a testament that, like, it was really hard. I can understand it. It would be easier if he, he would have come home. Because yeah. I, then I wouldn't have to deal with all the home stuff. And I wouldn't be lonely all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it was the um, me trying to go back into my like controlling ways. Where I was like, well, if he is home, like I will be able to see with my own eyes. If he's going to meetings, like I will see what he is looking like. Because yep. I'm better at catching him using than anyone else, apparently. Mm-hmm. But... Like, that's not the long-term solution. And, and like you said, you know, a lot of times I'm, like, fine at home alone. But then there's the moments where I'm like, oh, he's at this recovery house, like, having movie nights with the guys. And <laughs> yeah. they're hanging out. And I'm sitting here by myself, yeah. um, which is hard and can it be a little – make cause a little resentment. But then I'm like, well – at the end of the day, he's in a halfway house. He's 36 years old. Like, mm-hmm. I mean. Right. Yeah. So, like, like sometimes I'm like, am I really jealous of him right now? Like, <laughs> right. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah. I would say in the beginning I stayed because it was easier. Mm. I mean, in my... Because I, I thought the stigma of leaving, I didn't want to deal with that. I can see how it's hard. I'm, like, figuring out the next steps of, like, there's... There's a lot of, like, logistical things of how yeah. to leave, which can be daunting and well, yeah. overwhelming and sometimes, yeah. Well, financially, like, we had just purchased a home and I probably would have had to sell the house. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so that's another reason why I stayed. So I've had to, I feel like, because Charlie's had relapses through his recovery, I feel like I've, I always kind of view those as a decision point for me. Like, mm-hmm. do I stay or is this still something that I think is worth fighting for, basically, is how I kind of look at it. Like, is he getting on the right track? Is he, you know, what, like, which direction is this going, basically, is what I try to figure out. Do you think that with Steve that you've had, like, you said at the beginning you decided to stay because it was easier, but have you had to make that decision again at all since he's been in recovery? Oh, I see. Like, cause, so you used relapses as a decision yeah. point time. Um, Steve hasn't had a lot of relapses, but have there been other things yeah. that you would consider like a, a decision point of, right. where you like are rethinking your choice? Yeah, and his <laughs> commitment to recovery and yeah. So, no, I think think I'm loyal to a fault. I've talked about that with my counselor. Mm. However, I do believe Steve has been making great strides through our relationship. We did have a child very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, So I do want to give that child their father, but a, you know, a well father. Mm -hmm. Um, But within that first, you know... The first four months um, when he first got clean and I wasn't pregnant, um, there was definitely times when I left the house and went somewhere else because I couldn't deal with him, mm-hmm. that he was still mean. And I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to stay? So that happened very early on mm-hmm. for me. But I think, again, he has been doing all the right things and he is a really good person. Mm-hmm. And so there hasn't been a decision to really stay. We haven't had any huge things, you know, because his relapses happened pretty early on. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, okay, I knew that this would happen. So, and it was still within the first year. So I didn't have to make Mm -hmm. a decision. So, but what about times when, you know, when like you've talked on here before when he's like not going to meetings or he's missed a few and then he's just kind of a a jerk or, you know, when he was like, getting off um vaping and things and you're like this is worse than when he was getting Mm -hmm. off like drugs there ever times you were like what why am I still here what am I doing or so I think just kind of to piggyback on what you guys have said before there there is more happy clean time than the short few weeks of the withdrawals Mm -hmm. that I'm like okay I know we will correct I hope we will correct back Mm -hmm. and so um I've obviously made the decision to stay, but he has been a very big part of the reason I stayed, of just staying clean and working on his, um, you know, he when he gave me his amends, um, I dreamed about getting the amends because he had done so many bad things and I was like just waiting for the whole list of things. I'm sorry I stole money. I'm sorry I did drugs. I was, you know, all these things. I thought and it was going to take hours probably. I to get did. Through. Days. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It was just so sweet and, you know, there was nothing. He can't do anything to make up for what he did to me other than living a clean life. And so that was the commitment he made to me. And so I think, I I think, and we were both just sobbing <laughs> when he was doing it. Aww. And uh, and he gave me his coin. He gave me his one-year coin, which was really sweet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just said, you know, I'm going to stick it out with you. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what we've done. 
this is a sidebar, but getting the living amends was like the biggest disappointment oh, almost. Yeah. It was like the biggest letdown. I mean, it's like obviously when you think about it, it's the only thing they can offer is like to live their lives differently. But I was like, what? But I should, I deserve so much more. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. Yeah, I mean, I had fantasized about yeah. him reliving all of the shit yeah. he had done to me and like, you need to feel like a piece of shit because you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and then, and then you tell me, then you grovel back. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that, yeah. but then it wasn't that. I agree that yeah. it was like a letdown. It like, oh. But it's like, all right, well, he's sobbing, so <laughs> okay, this is fine. Okay, we're fine. Yeah. <gasps> well, I'll, I'll let you guys know if I ever get into this. <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, that's really. Funny. I think it will happen if he yeah. gets through the steps. So yeah. TBD. Yeah, uh, with Charlie, it was like he gave him to a lot of other people that I felt like were way less significant, like, in their relationship. <laughs> it's just like, when is that going to happen? And then it was just like, well, I have to live my life, like, in a way. And it's like, oh, fine. Fine. Yeah. But. I mean, it's probably harder to do your amends for the people that you. Actually hurt. Yeah. Hurt the most and love yeah. the most. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What about believing it's the disease? I don't think I believed it was the disease in the beginning of why I stayed. Um, I think I think I always believed that it was a d- disease. Maybe I didn't know um like the, all the medical parts behind it, but I I never considered like addiction to just be like, oh, they're a bad person. Um I don't think the disease part played into my decision early on. I think it has played into my decision during those relapse decision points Mm -hmm. um, of understanding that it's a disease that can be managed. I think that's the important part. Like they have to be working on it to Mm -hmm. manage their disease. Um, I think that's where it comes into the like separating the addict from the non-addict part of them. I think something that Steve has said that for people who maybe don't understand like the disease part is like he has this disease, the disease of addiction. His medicine is going to recovery meetings and connecting with um, recovery friends. Mm -hmm. And so like that, so how I look at it, that's almost like his, I don't want to say drug, but his, you know, Mm -hmm. what he needs to take to manage his disease. That was just a very easy thing for me to Oh yeah. To understand how it's a disease. Mm -hmm. Yes, for me. For me the disease part component was like one of the main reasons I stayed. In the beginning? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Because well I knew about addiction his addiction before we got married and so I kinda had like a I wasn't surprised by it, you know? It was like I mean I was surprised how it presented and what it meant but I it wasn't the first time I'd like come to terms with the fact that he was he had this condition I guess so a lot of times it it would also help me like not take things super personally when I was when I um when he was like doing things that I just didn't understand and I at the beginning would take them like well he's using because he's unhappy that means he's unhappy in our life and it's like this whole thing but then 
after a while, I was like, no, he's using because something else is going on and, like, he has to use to, to do, like, to because of his addiction. Like, he's not taking care of himself. And so I think for me, it got me remembering that it was a disease, got me through some really t hard times that I could have looked at in a different way, like that he was unhappy in our relationship or that he wanted to leave me, right? Like, mm -hmm. like kind of how you said earlier, like he chose that over me and yeah, so remembering that it was a disease and like understanding what that meant helped me separate that that addict from the person I knew from the so without that, I think I would have left a long time ago because I wouldn't have yeah. understood. I wouldn't have understood and I would have like taken it personally and like not been able to. Yeah. So I'm thinking back and I guess maybe this goes along with it. Maybe I didn't realize um, that I was making a decision because I was like, oh, I believe it's a disease or not. But it was just I was making the decision because I knew I was like, I know this isn't who like he really is and like this isn't the way he wants to be living his life like right. no one would be choosing this and so like I believed that strongly I don't think I was necessarily identifying it or even like thinking about disease or not disease but then it was once we got into the family support group and learning the education and really like seeing the you know how it like maps through your brain with the neurons like that then strengthened my belief and like yeah this isn't just a moral failing like mm -hmm. see I, I knew he wasn't just a bad person there is the whole disease part and like the genetic part of it mm -hmm. um and so that has been something I think during times when it's been hard thinking back about the disease I don't know mm -hmm. I mean I think you should bring up that trauma bonding thing that you were telling us about yeah, I'll just preface by saying I'm not a counselor, so I don't really know anything about this. Been something I'd be curious to learn more about. But I remember reading, or maybe it was in our family support group, where they talked about, you know, sometimes when you go through really traumatic experiences, or especially like in addiction, when there's the highs and the lows, you know, that spikes things in your brain, mm -hmm. um, which then can create feelings of closeness or it's like this um something bad is happening and so you're really high anxiety and then something positive happens and it like brings you down as like oh a rush and that almost creates a positive reinforcement mm -hmm. and then I think can also play into why people sometimes stay um you've gone through something so intense with somebody mm -hmm. and I don't know if that plays into creating like stronger feelings or well I think it's the for me it has been like the um oh gosh my brain so it's like the contrast of the really bad times and then the really good times feel really good yeah because you it's just like this this extreme low and then this extreme high like the high feels so extreme because you've been so low oh okay. and so then it's it's for me it's like it's a it's like a different feeling of like love and attachment because it's like, well, this is really good. Like when things are good, they feel so much better than when things are bad. So this must be really good. Like, mm. <laughs> you know? And so I remember feeling that a lot at the beginning, like um, just, be and it may have just been normal. I don't know, but it was like my perception of 
the way things were going was, was skewed because um, things had been so bad. And then, like, any form of attachment was, like, an improvement at that point. But I do remember that at the beginning, like, feeling like like a stronger connection during mm-hmm. those times that maybe – I don't know if it has, if it, that's yeah. trauma bonding, but I, it was like, I did feel more bonded. Yeah. And I think that that could be an issue if you were constantly right, like basing your decisions on that only or those feelings or it was always happening. Yeah. Um, I feel like that might've created like this sense of like really intense closeness early on. But then I think over time, hopefully it's like, balanced out and by both working on ourselves it's like I'm not just staying because I have some like misconception of what our relationship is like we've worked Mm -hmm. on things and it it actually is healthy or good at times yeah I don't know yeah ours is leveled out I don't feel that as much anymore it's definitely more stable yeah but I do remember at the beginning feeling like super close and connected because it was like this person that had been closed off is now like engaging and talking to me and like yeah. able to show affection and like that those things weren't happening when he was using and so I think it had something to do with it at the beginning for sure but so I think we've given some different reasons of why we stayed and so why don't we talk about why we love them the sure. treat for the boys because we've talked poorly about them <laughs> so what's a reason or maybe that or uh, like why did you fall in love with them in the first place or oh. okay or like what attract like what was that i don't know <laughs> my first attraction for dating steve was because he had the most money of the guys i was dating <laughs> Well, when I was 19. That's very honest of you. <laughs> How, the irony in the fact that then he took all your he money. He stole all the money, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's that, ironic. That didn't that's ironic. my list of what I <laughs> fell in love with him. Uh, so, what, so maybe I can just go over some of the reasons why I love Steve. Yeah. Okay. Go okay. for it. Or how it. I fell in love with Steve. So I do love that he is a great dad. Yeah. He really is. He loves being a family man. He has always dreamed to be a dad. He gets off work early, so he can't wait until the kids get bigger where he can be the first person to greet them when they get off the bus. Like, he is so excited that's about cute. that. That's really I, sweet. I think that's really sweet. That's really cute. Um, he, and he works hard. He, he's, like, a really hard worker, and mm-hmm. and I, I do give him shit that he doesn't work hard or, you know, that whatever and that's just kind of like our that's our own little thing when i call him lazy he gets real mad (laughs) it's his button but he's just he works really hard for our family and i think that's so 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 cute and he always texts me good morning sexy which i think (laughs) every day every Every day day. even when you see each other in person no not that he's grumpy in the morning but when Uh, i get to work i always have a text message that says good morning sexy which i think is cute yeah just a little and he let, that you have. Yeah, and he lets me be who I am, like an I am woman. He thinks I'm a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> but he lets me do like whatever I want. Yeah. Which I hate saying that he lets me do, but he lets me be who I am. Yeah. You know, maybe he he encourages it. He encourages it. it. I know. Yeah. I agree with the oh, he lets me. Yeah. I, yeah. That always sounds Yeah, but he weird to me. You know, I 
I didn't take his last name really when we got married and there's just been things along the way where I just don't want to go with the grain mm-hmm. and he you know teases about that mm-hmm. but he says he you know he still he still loves me um I also think that he's really smart I, I like that I think he's intelligent mm-hmm. so good job Steve for being smart <laughs> and I, we do have a really good time together like mm-hmm. when it's just us and we're just talking and you know we just are really good friends and he's just he listens to me, and I think I, I think it's so funny that when I get mad, so say I get mad at you, Liz, and I'm like, oh, you know, Liz, you know, didn't come meet me for coffee today. He goes, like, if I'm upset about it, he'll go to level 900. <laughs> Fuck that bitch! <laughs> she should have showed up! Your time is valuable! Like, he goes to 900 to then where I'm like, okay, wait, she just <laughs> she just didn't make it, it's okay. But in every situation... Comes to your defense. A hundred thousand percent. Also, Aww. I've never ditched Elise on coffee, <laughs> so... No, you haven't. But he, I mean, he goes to, like, 500 million percent so it's it's really funny um and then i just i appreciate that he works hard on his recovery every day and yeah he uh has started weight watchers and he is trying to kind of work out but he doesn't want to go to the gym so (laughs) on thursday i said something and he wasn't in bed when i woke up and I was like, oh, something. And he was like, oh, I went for a, a like a run in the morning. And I was like, oh, like you got up and you, you didn't tell, like he didn't tell me for a couple of days. And I was like, wow, that really gives me, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Like you didn't tell me like that because he used to be up and gone to get drugs oh, in the morning. So it kind yeah. of triggered you. It triggered me. And I told him that. And it was just really sweet how he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't think about that. I can see I'm going to do better. Like, I just, you know, I want to get healthy for us. And That's so cute. But he didn't realize how he triggered it, so I was happy how he dealt with that situation because in the past he was like, you know, fuck you, I can do what I want. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's just a few of the reasons why I love Steve. So I love you, Steve. Aw. All right. Go ahead, Liz. Um, all right. I feel like a good way that sums up um, Jake and just like our connection uh, would be the way that we met. Um, first, I guess I'll back up a little bit and just some things that I've learned about myself through counseling and is that I am pretty like self-critical and a lot of times I'm very worried about Am I doing the right thing or am I doing what I should do? How is everybody else going to view this? And so a lot of times, you know, sometimes that can hinder just like being yourself or being relaxed. You're just always like worried, like, how am I appearing to other people? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is the complete opposite of Jake. He's like so just genuinely like true to who he is, doesn't care what other people think about him as far as like, you know, society norms, like fashion or whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So we actually met at a record store Uh, when I was in college. I lived across the street from a record store. And so I would pop in there and um, talk to the record store owner who he lived there also. It was like his house and the front half of it was the store and he lived in the rest of it. And so one day I'd been over there and just was chatting with him. 
and Jake was in the record store. So we kind of like bumped into each other, said, oh, hey, whatever. I don't know. Then like a week later, I got off of work. It was a Friday night. I was like trying to get a hold of friends to find out what everyone was doing. And like no one was responding or they had other plans. And the record store would have concerts sometimes in their front yard. Like they'd have like local bands come and play. And so there was a band playing and I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting to hear from people. So I went to, went across the street, was like standing um, on this ramp. I was watching and there was a guy standing next to me. I don't know who that person was, but at one point in the middle of the concert, that person walked away and Jake was on the other side. And so we had both like looked at each other as this person and we we're like, oh, we recognized from like, oh, I met you last week. And then just, I don't know, there was just like some sort of connection and we just started talking and then the show ended and it was like, oh, you want to go grab a drink? And so we went to a bar and I don't know, for some reason I just felt like so comfortable. And I think a lot of times I would be thinking like, oh my gosh, how do I look? Or what am I saying? Like trying to filter Mm -hmm. what like somebody should hear. And like, there was just none of that. And we went to the bar and there was a band playing and we went like they were in the basement. And I just remember like us dancing, like spinning around, being crazy. I don't know. And it was just like laughing and like felt so relaxed and had so much fun. And the next day, um, I ran into one of my friends and they were like, Oh, you remember last night? Like you were dancing crazy with Jake. And I was like, Oh really? Like, (laughs) he was like, yeah, you just like, it was like, you didn't even realize anyone else was around. And so it was just like that, like freeness and acceptance is something that I've come to realize is probably what I appreciate most about Jake is just being able to like be myself and be relaxed and that he like brings out that I don't know so accepting so I don't know I always like the story of how Mm -hmm. we met and I think it's appropriate given the music I think that's another thing that I uh, love about him is his creativity and musical skills Um, Mm -hmm. probably because it's something that I'm not really like I don't know a lot about it. And so I think it's so like cool that somebody can create music and write songs and I don't know. Maybe he'll write a love song about you one day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Jake, if you're listening, write a love song. He doesn't really write like love songs. Yeah. Maybe he'll sing me an amend. (laughs) Wow. I think that would make me really uncomfortable. (laughs) I am. I'm probably. Well, it's just going to be a living amends. I'm sorry I fucked you. I won't do it again. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess there's a lot of other reasons, but. (laughs) Those are my ones. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right, you got anything to share, Alex? I'm really bad at this. This is is entirely out of my comfort zone. Um, So I think I relate a lot to the things you all have said, too. So when I met Charlie, it was a natural connection. And I think immediately the thing that I liked the most was just that we became good friends. Like, we were just buddies. And, like, we had the same interests. Like, ours, like, yours is kind of music. We like music, too. But the big one was, like, sports and specifically Mm -hmm. basketball. And, like, we... We we just would go to basketball games together, or we would play basketball against. It was just like we were friends, you know. And then we could have like really good conversations, and he challenged me 
uh, in a way that, like, dudes hadn't really done before. Like, I feel like there was a lot of, like, you know, trying to get in your pants type of, like, I'll say whatever you want, like, thing, mm. like, in people I dated before. Like, I just want you to think we have, like, we... And, and he wasn't like that. He was just like, well, why do you think that? And, like, like would force me to, like, consider different perspectives. And there's a funny story... <laughs> There's a really funny story. So I grew up in like, you know, a, a middle class family, you know, mm-hmm. had things that I wanted, you know, if I, I got Abercrombie and Fitch for Christmas, you know, like <laughs> that I, was a big deal. I didn't want for much as it like growing up and like he had a different upbringing. We both lived in a community where, you know, there were poor people. Like I had friends that didn't, that weren't as well off as my family. And so I understood that, but I also went and had like, my first job was like a corporate job and like I was successful and I, you know, had a level of, my perspective was limited to those experiences. And we were getting to a fight about, like a real debate about something like, about like people's access to like where you're born and what you have access mm. to and like we got into this huge debate and he called me the the CEO of BP <laughs> he like <laughs> like as an insult was <laughs> <Just>, like <laughs> the CEO of BP yeah the gas company that was like <laughs> making all these terrible decisions it was like oh it was <laughs> But the the context of it all is just like he called me a bad person because I didn't have like I didn't understand people from other you know other upbringings and I was it was really eye opening like we laugh about it now but mm-hmm. it was true like he wasn't afraid to say like well I think you're wrong and you're not considering like these other points of view and it would like change the way I approach everything and so. I don't know, just, like, he does that a lot, where he'll be like, that doesn't make any sense, or, like, (laughs) I I like that, like, I like to be challenged, and I like to learn and grow, and, like, we do that through our conversation, and so, um, it just, it just makes for a really fun friendship, and, like, that thing at the end of the day, that's, like, what I, the core of what got us through, you know, that, like, relationship that we had, and then, um, now it's more like I agree it's like he's hard working for our family like you know he went he went out of his comfort zone to learn a trade that he'd always wanted to do and like he works really hard and but I think the biggest thing is like with his recovery he's relapsed um a, a significant amount of times and I think the biggest the reason I stay and the one of the things I love the most is that he's never given up on like that he wants to be well and mm-hmm. you know he'll mess up and he doesn't waste a lot of time getting back on track and there are definitely things that are like well I wish that wouldn't have happened or it's a frustrating and it's really annoying but ultimately at the end of the day he's always trying to be better and I, I just really respect that because it's you know like my dad is basically like a functional alcoholic and like I look at my my mom asked him to go to counseling and to get well and like he wouldn't and it caused and I just see how like that stubbornness and that unwillingness to like work on yourself how it limits your life and like the fact that he is just so willing to like I mean, not always. Well, it gets hard. It's not like he's just like, yeah, self-improvement is for me. But but he's really committed to being a better person. And I just admire that about him because it's never, like, easy 
to do and like I think it's a hard it's hard work and so I just appreciate it a lot so yeah that's all makes sense yeah um when you said the challenging that also made me that's something that I've always loved about Jake because I feel like in I mean I'm pretty like opinionated or strong or like stand up for myself and independent and sometimes you know people will just be like okay sure whatever and I always well, it's kind of one of those you like love, love, hate things where I would hate when Jake would push back on me or like question it. But then I also secretly like loved that he was mm-hmm. challenging me. And um, he does like, I don't know, he's very like philosophical. He reads a lot of news and watches a lot of documentaries. And there's so many times where I'm like, how do you know these things? And like, how do you keep that in your mind? Which just like always impresses me like I think I was very good at school like book smart like I Mm -hmm. did well probably because I'm a good rule follower so I would Mm -hmm. study and so I was always considered to be like very quote-unquote smart whereas Jake did not do so well in school he struggled a lot and was probably labeled as you know a bad student and not very good but honestly I feel like he's one of the most intelligent people I know it's just he learns in a different way he's mm-hmm. so much better at retaining information and remembering things and so I always just like really enjoy our conversations and sometimes I don't like his perspectives because you know they're disagreeing and I like to be right or whatever but mm-hmm. it's I know that it makes me better mm-hmm. um and similarly I think you mentioned this independence or maybe Elise, you talked about, you know, I'm very strong. I like to go against the grain. I would say that I'm very independent. And when Jake and I first met, like I told him, I was like, well, I'm not really looking to get in a relationship because when I graduate, I've already decided I'm going to Europe and I'm backpacking for three months and like nobody is changing my mind on that. And he was like, okay, like, well, we'll just see what happens. And um, he was the most supportive of me going and I know it was you know I here I am going across Europe and we were like skyping occasionally and he's working at home and um but he never like would make me feel like bad or I don't know he was always just like the most encouraging of like if this is something you want to do like you should do it and I'm not going to stand in your way and mm-hmm. so those are a couple more reasons <laughs> why I love him mm-hmm. so good. cool all right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up of why we stayed and mm-hmm. why we love them. Yeah. So. Oh, and we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge Galentine's Girls and <laughs> Galentine's Day and how much we love each other. Yeah, we true. do. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I feel Galentine. lucky to have you guys. Yeah. So. You do, Liz. You send sweet messages. I'm, On, like, oh. of just, like, love and Appreciation oh. <laughs> for the friendship. Maybe it's one of my love languages. Oh know. yeah, because I just say ditto. Because I do, I do, I do love and care for each of you, but to get mushy is not mine. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll know when you say ditto what that means. With that, I think it's time to sign off because Alex is peeing her pants and Elise is now <laughs> falling off the bed laughing. So, uh, thanks for listening. Keep coming back.
Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.